Zanger, 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 Zanger. Pretty sure that sounds familiar. Well, you made it. You're here. Welcome to the Offcast. So, I'm going to start off with the usual things. All the opinions that get expressed here are only the opinions of those who are featured. And anything that is expressed by me is solely an opinion of myself. Alright? I thank you so much for your support. Let us offcast. As the journey with Mo Malele reaches its conclusion, the attention is cast back to My Country Needs Me, her debut album, the trials and tribulations of her creative process, and some outlooks on the political arena of South Africa. True to the conversation so far, it's one final adventure. Remember, the album is available on all digital platforms. Now, let's go. I am passionate about passion. <laughs> I am passionate about passion and people living their passions, uncovering, discovering their passions, journeying with their passions. Like, yeah. I'm passionate about passion, man. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and, and actually the power of that lyric uh, is that I just believe, like, I believe so much more good comes from passion than from power. Like, mm-hmm. so much more good comes from a spirit of passion than a spirit of power. Mm. You know, and if you, if you think about, like, something small, like I said, once again, you know, thinking micro, you think about um, your family, you know, you, you, you have passion for your family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you will, so you will always show up and do the best for your family, or to provide the best for your family, yeah. um, or to be your best self for your family. Mm. You know, because you have passion for your family. You don't really think of yourself having power over your family or power for, for your family. Yeah. And I feel the second a relationship or a transaction uh, that you have with people comes more from a spirit of power than from a spirit of of passion. It's imbalanced. At some point, it, yeah, it's imbalanced, you know, and I mm. believe that's where things like corruption start happening. Mm. That you 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 are coming more from a spirit of power than a spirit of passion. Yes. If you genuinely had passion for the people, like I say here, like let, let's no longer say power to the people, but say passion to the people, by the people, and for the people. Mm. If you genuinely had passion for the people and for their well-being, you, you wouldn't be, you know. So, draining, like, like drain money from the system in such a corrupt fashion. From a system that very much so needs that money for the betterment of its people. Mm. If you had passion for these people and you genuinely wanted to, to see them progress, yeah. you wouldn't be doing that. Mm. Like, it, 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 it would be so contrary to what you believe in your soul and in mm. your spirit that it would physically make you sick. It would physically manifest itself. Physically, you'd be physically sick. Mm. You know, you wouldn't be able to sleep. Uh, 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 you'd physically just like it would nauseate you physically because you have a passion for these people. And when you have passion for something, you you love it. You have a love for this thing that you mm. that that you have a passion for. And if you have passion for the people, it means you love these people. You you genuinely want to see them progress. So I don't like. I believe if our leader if leaders had more of a spirit of passion for what they were doing, for other the the, the people that they're serving. And, 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 and less of a spirit of power over them, uh, you'd see less corruption, for example. Yeah. 
Um, you know what I mean? Because you because you want the people to flourish. Mm. Um, so yeah, so so that's why I, I honestly believe that you know there's just so much power in passion and people living their passion and living it. The <laughs> I don't. that that um, <laughs> it is over and above just making you happy. Like I said, mm. over and above just make you happy. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you've heard my favorite. Um, this is almost like making you choose out of your your children, who's your favorite child. <laughs> but if you've got mm-hmm. a favorite or favorites, what are they and why? Mm, damn man. Um. That I That's a difficult question mm. to answer because. This project took, took me two years to work on, to finish up this project. Mm. Um, you know, with zero budget, with, with little to no money, actually. Mm. Um, and as a one-man team. So, so I've, I've basically had to do a lot of it, like 95% of it on my own. Mm. That other 5% was just, you know, the guy helping me record. <laughs> uh, mm. The guys who helped me record and the guys who made the beats. But everything else, from conception to everything, I've had to do on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a journey, just just to be honest, that, that's a journey I wouldn't take back because I've learned so much about the industry. I've learned so much about the business of music and mm-hmm. entertainment mm-hmm. that I never would have learned had I had people doing this for me, whether through a label or people that I hired independently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very grateful for the journey that I've been through because I have such a... I, I have a better understanding um, mm. of, of the business of music now than I did before, which I think is important for any artist out there. Like you need to understand the business of, of what you're doing, whether it's, whether you're a painter, a sculptor, a dancer, whatever. Like you gotta understand the the, the ecosystem, you know, like the mm. the what's this, the commercial ecosystem of it. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I'd have to say, um, I'll give you, I can't give you one. Maybe I can give of you three. <laughs> I thought so. Uh, <laughs> I expect um, So obviously my country needs me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's one of my, I, I mean, I love everything about this track. I love it lyrically. I, I love the way that it, it came about post-production as well. Mm. Just the way it sounds, I just think it's it's just a, a clean and crisp track. Mm. Um, I think it's well written, um, and this was a hard one to do because I, um, you know, I had to let go of a couple of lyrics here and there to to clean up the piece and really just like make it nice and clean. Mm. Um, so once again, you know, I had to really focus on what was my message. And what mm. did I want to get out there? So waffling. Yeah. Um, also, also, I think like one of my favorite lyrics in here is when asked by my grandchildren what my gift to my country was, I want to look them in the eye and with all the honesty and truth left in me, say that, that you are looking at it. Um, so it's also just kind of like, um, mm. yeah. just like paying homage yeah. to, to, to future uh, you know, Malele generations, so to speak, you know, um, <laughs> to be like, dude, you know, we, like we, we, we as the previous generation did everything 
short of killing ourselves to mm. give you the best, to set you up with the most that we could, mm. short of killing ourselves, you know what I mean, in trying mm. to do it. We did everything we could mm. to move this country forward and to move your destiny forward, you know. Um, and I'm very passionate about that. Um, like, I want future Malelis, I want the next generation of Malelis to be the first generation of, of trust fund kids in, 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 in the Malela lineage. And, and I have a vision. I have a vision that our, <laughs> thanks for the snaps, bro. I, but I, but, but I have this vision generally that, uh, and once again, you know, thinking micro, but, uh, working towards a macro. Uh, vision. I have a vision that um, that that generation. We are the ones who are going to, you know, create uh, a generation and give birth to a generation who will be first generation black children with trust fund. That's my vision. That's my dream. Mm. That when our generation is done with this thing called life, and we're like, you know, now we're done. We're retiring. We're, you know, the Lord is now calling us in heaven or whatever. Mm. Mm. That. We, we will have tangibly been able to like achieve that mission. Yeah. And now there's a wave, and not just one or two who belong to you know the billionaires of South Africa, but like there's hundreds and thousands of these kids who are you know being born into this generation of being black kids who are first generation trust fund kids. Whether it's a, a fifty thousand or a hundred thousand or it's a milli, it's a billy, like regardless of the amount. Yeah. But just this ideology of the fact that your parents thought this through, like your parents, your aunts, your uncles, we came together as a unit of people and we thought this generational wealth thing through. We didn't just create wealth for ourselves and for mm. you, but we thought this through to be like, we're going to, like the Malayans are going to be rich for centuries to come. Yeah. Like, it excites me to to think yeah. of, 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 of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That thing, the Majokwen is... The Majokwinis will be rich for centuries to come. Don't mm. worry about being rich or creating wealth. Worry about impacting the world in a positive way. Yes. And, and impacting it positively into posterity. Yo, Don't worry about comrade. having to pay mm. your university fees. Don't mm. you know what I mean? Don't mm. worry <laughs> like 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 think macro now. You know what I'm saying? Think macro. Mm. Mm. Um mm. Mm. So, so, so that's what I believe we're here to do. Mm. Um, and I'm a very big believer in generational um, visions and generational legacies that each generation, wh- whether you like it or not, your generation will be remembered or something. Yeah. You need to think about that. Like, like yeah. you, you, you can't just leave that to chance. Yeah. Like you can't just leave it to chance that we'll be remembered as the generation that did things well. Because the apartheid generation... They're, like they're not remembered for things for doing things well, and now their offspring keep you know like like they have to deal with that reality. Yeah, you know? and that's why there's always pushback, and there's always this tension of no, but I didn't do it. I didn't steal the land from your granddad. Mm. I didn't you know own a slave. <laughs> I'm not saying you owned a slave, but you have a lit. But that, that's the lineage you come from. That's your lineage. You know what I mean? Mm. So that's the lineage. I'm not saying mm. you are racist. You can you could be. <laughs> I'm not saying you are. Uh, I'm, I'm not, not saying, saying you own a slave. <laughs> but I'm also not saying you're not. <laughs> but you know, the lineage matters. So, so, um, <laughs> dude, 
Um, so yeah. So so just to finish that point, I was gonna say that the previous generation, particularly if you're a black person, the previous generation, their job was, I I believe, and once again, this is my opinion, but I believe that their a, a, a major box that they need, that, that they had to take in their generation was was to give, give us a country, to give us a vote, mm. just mm. just give us a place where we legally had a say, where mm. it was illegal that we could not have a say. So give us a vote. Mm. Because they didn't have that. So it might sound measly to say that now, but they had to fight. People had to die for that to happen. Like, mm. that wasn't a thing. Mm. So they had to create a world where that was a thing. Yeah. So they gave us a country. They, I don't believe they gave us a nation. I think they gave us a country. Yeah. And a place where we could sit at the table and we could have a vote. And you could place that vote anywhere you wanted to. But you had a say at, at the table. Yes. Our generation, it is our job to now build a nation. Yes. Our job. So the tick box for us when we're done and now we're handing over will be, did we, did we build a nation? nation. Mm. Because on paper, we've got the country, right? We've got all the laws, the regulations, the, 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 the legislation that drives equality and all that stuff. So on paper, you've got it all done. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what they did for us. They gave us all that on paper. Our job is to take that and turn that into a nation. Yep. 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 Um, so that's, so yeah. So my country needs me. Um, <laughs> it's number one. It's one of the tracks. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> listen, I, one thing you must know about me, I'm a writer, so I always take the scenic route. Clearly. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I won't lie to you, I don't know how not to do it. Um, or, like, it's very difficult for me not to take the scenic route with anything, because I always say that, like, the story is what matters. Uh-huh. No one cares that you got to the end. Everyone cares about the road trip. Mm. You know, like, oh, and then like, the tire burst. And then, you know, the en- then the engine something. Then the battery. Oh, and then I met this girl on the road. Oh, and then we had to hitchhike to the next thing. Like, mm. that's actually what people care about. People don't care about the fact that you got to the, yeah, to yeah, the Drakensberg. Yeah. Yeah. People want to know, how was the trip to the Drakensberg? <laughs> um, so... <laughs> so, <laughs> so so yeah, I took the senior group. Um, the next track I'd say I like is um, I gotta give a shout out to "Forgive Me, First Love." Like I can't not. This was, I mean, this is one of the first. It's one of the first full poems I wrote. Uh, I wrote this back in 2010. Mm-hmm. I remember I was in first year when I wrote this track. I was in first year. Um, uh, it was it was it was the first time I was in studio. So this is the very first track I recorded, and I recorded this with um, a friend of mine, mm-hmm. uh, Emma Zach, who's featured on the track. Isaac, yes. she's a jazz vocalist, oh, okay. and she was a jazz vocalist in from the states. So she was a what's this? She was a study abroad student oh, uh, studying at UCT. Okay. Got you, got um, you. And we linked. Uh, and she was doing vocals, I was doing poetry, recorded like something together. And so we, so I showed her the lyrics. She then came up with the harmonies and, you know, like, uh, like, uh, like that. And she came up with that okay. harmony, that melody. Uh, so she came up with that melody. Okay. Like you're getting a scoop here, bruh. You're getting like real, like behind the scenes. Hey, stuff. Hey, clearly. Um, so she came up <laughs> with, with how, 
how to make that melodic, you know. Mm. Um, and so, and then we booked an hour in studio and we wrapped this up at our studio. Uh, and after that, we had like a, 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 a track. So this holds a lot of, you know, uh, it, it holds a very special place in my heart. Um, also, it's it's just such a beautiful, beautiful song. Like, it it, it just works, you know, like mm-hmm. lyrically, vocally, the beat, just everything about the song, about mm-hmm. this particular poem and the way it was done. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh, which one? Well, you or, mentioned memoirs. Um, yeah, yo, hey, memoirs of a journey. Uh, I was, yo, that was written in 2012. 2012 was a rough year for me. I, that was a bad year, actually. Um, that was a, so, so, <laughs> was a, like, you know, 2012 was so bad that when I got out of 2012 and it was 2013, I, 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 I literally remember waking up the following morning and it was New Year's. And I said this out loud, yeah, um, but to myself, there was no one around me, but I said, Ah, I've got a good feeling about 2013 is going to be a good year. Mm. Because 2012 was so shit. 2012 was so bad. Anyway. Mm. That things can't possibly get any worse than 2012. Like, like the only thing that could happen that was worse than that is I would die. That literally, yeah, like this. Wow. But you know, you, you know when things are so bad that you're like, they can't get any worse. So, there must be better. And I went through that entire year with that attitude. And 2013 was actually a very good year. Yeah. <laughs> I went through that entire year being like, listen, 2012 showed me flames. I learned a lot about, you know, myself and what I can handle and that I'm stronger than I think. All that, like, like motivational stuff. Mm. Like, 2013 ought to be a good year, man. I paid my dues in 2012. So that one was actually written um, during that time, you know. Um, <laughs> um but I would say, I'm just looking at this list now. Uh, oh, it's so <laughs> difficult to decide because they're just all so special. I have to, I mean, obviously why I write. Um, this one also was a very special place in my heart. Uh, like I said earlier on, this was the first time I got paid for doing poetry. So that's when I realized that I could actually do this um, in front of thousands of people and get paid for it. Mm. So that's... That one, um, that, that's a really amazing story for me. Um, and then I also have to say 10 things I want to say to the girl I used to be. That's a very honest and, and naked poem. It's a very honest. I mean, all the stuff here is honest and naked, but um, th- th- that one I'd probably say is, is probably the one of the, you know, the most naked poems I've written in a long time. Um or, or yeah, well, one of the most naked I've written in in recent times. Yeah, say. yeah. Just in just in terms of you know, it, it's mm. it's what I would say to the girl I used to be, um, and and it lives on forever because you know, five years from now I'll still look back at this and I'll I will I will still be able to say this to the girl I am now. You know, mm, that's power. And, that's like power. It, it will always be relevant. Because that's it, power. It, it it's so true to me. Yeah, it's so true to me that it will always be relevant regardless of what stage or phase I am in my life. And and I think a lot of I think a lot of people I think there's a lot of humanity in this poem like a lot of people go through times in life where you're just like you're depressed or you're just down and out and life is like really just like taking you through the most. Mm-hmm. 
and you're dealing with so many things and you can just sometimes forget just how fucking amazing you are like you can yeah. just forget that like like that you're worth it that you're beautiful and that you're gifted you're talented that you know you have so much potential then we're on i just mean there's like a lot we want in the album <laughs> i mean um uh, the struggle a little to my unborn child that's that's another one um mm. there's like that's a journey, heavily yeah. heavily politically you know yeah. that's a journey i mean it's seven minutes long so you mm. kind of have to <laughs> you, you kind of you kind of have to go on it you know mm. um it's actually so i'll tell you so from a statistic perspective it's actually not the most favorite track on that album mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, i was actually gonna uh, ask seven about minutes long things. and it's a journey yeah um you know, um, yeah. So, so I, I wasn't particularly surprised when I when I saw the stats. I was like, mm, okay, fine, that makes sense. Um, it's quite a heavy. It's heavy and convoluted. So it's not everyone's cup of tea. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Well, that speaks. <laughs> that just speaks to society nowadays in terms of attention span. So, yeah, <laughs> not surprising. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah, even, like it's I said, nothing I'm, to do with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I feel you. Something I wasn't, I wasn't particularly surprised, mm. but it's, 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 um, it's one of you know the tracks that I really, actually, really dig. Um, mm. I think I kind of it, it really pushed me when I was writing. It. I kind of pushed. I tried to really push myself, mm. uh, and also just like think to myself, you know, like what would I want to say to my unborn child? Like, like what would I want to say to like you know the next generation? Yeah, about the struggle, you know, because they will inherit it too. Like, like they will have their own struggle, different to ours, but they're mm. also going to have a struggle. Yeah. So, what would I want to say to these little humans about the struggle that would prepare them for it? Um, so yeah, and then of course, for silence is the loudest kind of noise. That one's also quite heavy, but that one's really dope though because it's done with a live jazz band. So, and the story behind that is it's actually recorded with the live jazz band. Um, it was. It was composed by a guy. In, he like composed the instruments and all that kind of stuff, and it was it was recorded. Um, I came into the studio and I dropped the line, and then the guys came in after me and they did the instrumentals with you know the guitars and the keyboard, mm. and whatnot. Yeah, and then this was born. Mm. This was also kind of cool actually. Like working with a live band. Kind of dope. <laughs> yeah. okay. okay, I got you. Okay, yeah, actually going going to the technical side of things, the metrics, yeah. What's the what's the most um streamed or the most downloaded track? Have you been tracking that? Yes I have. Um so I'd say the top three, I, I just wanna see if I can pull up the most recent stat. But uh, I had a check um, earlier on this week. The top three, so my country needs me, um, forgive me first love, and memoirs of his journey mm. were the most most played. But I want to see if I can pull up. Because they change, because it, it, it bobs and weaves, I guess. Yeah, um, of course. Mm. Memoirs, I mean, the fact that memoirs of a journey even popped up on the kind of did actually surprise me. I didn't think that that would be... Um, something that people I, 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 I didn't think that it would you know be most streamed it'd be like the top um, what is like top three most streamed I did not think that 
but yeah. excuse me, it's coming up with some really good numbers. Mm. So, so the top streamed are, like I said, Forgive Me First Love, My Country Needs Me, Memoirs of a Journey, and Why I Write. Those mm. are the most played tracks. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. How are you feeling about the Just, current the current space, um, like in terms of music, streaming, all of that? Um, it's you know you you noted that you took most of this journey yourself. You did all the compiling yourself. I assume um, that goes even down to the album artwork and all of that, right? Um, is it something that you think a lot of artists are going to start doing, where they just going to package everything as much as they can themselves? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think so. But then it also, I'll be honest with you, you have high streaming and download numbers, and like, and you want all of this stuff to happen fairly quickly. The the easiest route is just hustle for that record label. Hustle mm. for a record deal. Mm. That, 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 uh, like, I, I won't lie to you. Um, being an independent artist is a slow burner. It's a slower way of achieving that same stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can still get it. There, there are a lot of artists who started off independent mm-hmm. um, and are now, you know, very popular um, performing artists who have, you know, good record deals and whatnot. Um but which is why I say it takes a very specific kind of artist to just stay on the stream of being independent. Um, so I don't, like I said, I, 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 I don't see many artists doing it if they don't need to. Mm-hmm. I think if you, if you, you know, are lucky enough to be discovered after doing one or two open mics or releasing one or two mixtapes and people are like, yeah, we like you, we're going to package you this way, that way, and we'll fund you. I think most artists, uh, we'll go. We'll go that, that route. So I don't see record labels and the whole idea of you know big established uh, corporations in the music industry. I don't see it going away anytime soon. Mm. Okay. Um, <coughs> um, hmm. The space, though, for, for being—I mean, the space, though, for being independent—is for artists who want to own their creative journey, who want to own their music, and own the business of their music in the end. So you do find some artists who have kind of run that fame, uh, but who still prefer to release their stuff independently mm-hmm. um, and don't actually belong to a record label. Uh, so you so you will find, so like what you call YouTube sensation. So if you go into YouTube, most of the YouTube stars that you know, yeah. uh, that are like musicians yeah. that don't have <laughs> like record deals and mm. whatnot, most of those are independent Um and they, but that's because they want to own their journey, like their creative journey, and work on the project that they want to work on, etc. Mm. The mm. thing with a record deal is that once you sign a record deal, you must also remember that now you have a team of people, which is great. But then there are more people who have a say in your career and how you're positioned. And so people nice. might want to <laughs> position you. Yeah, like people might want to position you as, you know, a trappy club, you know, uh, a rapper. Mm. But you, like, want to be the more conscious side of things. You want to, you know, you really want to talk about, but you know, like, politics and, like, really, like, conscious issues that people can relate to. Uh, but, like, the record label is pushing you a different direction. And, and they're getting you producers who will give you that kind of beat. They're getting you, you know, artwork that gives you that kind of aesthetic. They're getting you... Uh, directors who will pull, you know, 
produce music videos that, that take you in that direction and they're pumping money into that. This mm. other route that you want to take, they're like, yeah, we're not trying to position you that way. And keep in mind that this is actually a producer's job, by the way. Like when you get a record deal, a big part of them is, a big part of it is how they position you in the market. Yeah, yeah. You know, That's like true. a big part of, of, of it is what is going to be your, your brand and your aesthetic. So they build yeah. that brand. Yeah. Um, so that's so they actually are doing their job. Mm. The challenge might come when <laughs> they're pushing you in a direction where you don't want to go, and mm. you're like, "That's not really what I'm doing myself." And mm. listen, there are a lot of artists in the game that have had that experience. Um, and and I mean, honestly, if you think about musicians that you know that you would think of as one time wonders, or like if you actually go into their story. More often than not, you'll find that that was the issue. Mm. That they wanted to go in a different direction than what the record deal was pushing them in. And eventually it was a matter of, you know what, that's just like hot ways. And then you never really heard of them again because they decided mm. to go independent. So they didn't have the same kind of backing they did before. Mm. You know? Which is why, once again, getting a record deal is so enticing because it makes it so much easier. Which is why I say it takes a special kind of artist to go independent. Mm. Um, you know, and just be like, I'm going to do it myself. It's like a special kind of artist, especially if you don't come from a family that has big money bags and big influence. Yeah. Because that means that you'll be working a day job to make money. They're using that money to fund your mixtape, to fund your EP, to fund, you know, your, 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 your travel when you go to open mics. You know, like there's so many gigs you'll do where you're not getting paid. Gigs that actually cost you more money than they make you. Because you have to get to the gig, you have to have your clothing, whatever. But you're getting paid. Mm. You just want the exposure. You want that being on stage, practice, etc., yeah. etc. Et yeah. Um, so yeah. So getting a record deal makes that so much easier. Mm. Um, but I, but for me personally, I don't. I mean, listen. If a record label came knocking on my door, I'd definitely take the meeting. But I'd be very, very, very cautious. Yeah. In terms of how I proceed. Um, it's important to me, like ownership of, ownership of my material is important. Yep. And that's one of the biggest things in the music industry right now. Uh, I mean, any sort of music industry drama that you've seen in, the, in recent times has been about the rights. Mm. And I think now everybody knows, because it's been such a hotly debated or hotly discussed issue. Everybody now knows that actually musicians don't own the rights to their music. Yeah. And that actually... They make their money by gigging, which is why they're so OCD about getting gigs. Yeah. And they get so, to the point where they get so run down. Yeah. Um, because they just, they have to do so many gigs in order to keep up with their lifestyle and whatnot. Because mm. they don't actually own the rights to their music, etc., etc., etc. So, so for me, ownership of my material is actually very important because I write all my material and it's so personal. Mm. So if I got a record label, like that for me would have to be something that 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 would be a non-negotiable for me. I need to own my material. We can own it together, but you cannot. It, it, I, I can't be signing away my material, um, yeah. which obviously makes it hard for me to find a suitable record deal. Yeah, unless you're like Jay Z or something. Yeah, something like that. You know, that's extremely, extremely rare. Okay, so what I'm getting from you is there's a lot of investment that needs to go into the industry. Um, not only in terms of money, but also in terms of um, education when it comes to strategy, brand building, packaging yourself, um, knowing how to reach your market, all of that, right? So um, firstly, on a macro level, 
what would you like to see from government and labels um, to support the existing artists? And then secondly, do you feel like in schools there needs to be more of an investment in the arts um, and also education about having an actual art career, right, and being sustainable in the long run? How do you feel about that? Um, okay, you'll have to repeat the first question, but so I'll start with the second one because okay. uh, uh, this is a because uh, if I'm understanding your question correctly, you're asking about the education side of things, so the education of of the arts. Um, that's am, am I getting you? So you, so yeah, yeah, you're asking about um, yeah, education basically and uh, arts and culture. Um, okay, so here's what I'll say. I didn't. So I went. So I have an art background in this sense that I went to an arts school. I went to a school called for Arts Arthur Park uh, in the east of Pretoria. It's yeah. like NSA. So if you know NSA, the National oh, School okay. of Arts, yeah. Arts Arthur Park is similar to that. Um, so so when I got there, um, you know, yeah. Like they offer, what's this? They do dance, special arts, dramatic arts, uh, music, and whatnot. So for about two years when I was there, I got to dabble a bit in everything. Mm. I was more like I, I come. I come from a very academic family. My mom's a teacher, so my mom has always been on the academic side of things, very much pushing the academic side. So the arts, like, so I had to, I had to fight for the arts or carve a space for arts uh, in my life. Um, whilst, you know, excelling academically so I can make the rentals happy. Yep. But, um, so, 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 so for my, so so for my tears in in music, um, and I remember one of my favorite lessons was when uh, we would, like, the teacher would, like, make us listen to music, and, and the music would be telling a story. So there'd be different characters in this musical production. Mm-hmm. Different characters, but these characters are, um, they are brought to life by different instruments. So each character would have an instrument. And at the end of listening to all of this stuff, she would then ask you, uh, what um, instrument did you think the bear was? Or, or rather, or, or she would flip it around and be like, what do you think um, character, like what character do you think the saxophone was portraying? That mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So then you'd have to listen okay. to the music and then, and then merge the story, you know. Um, uh, on that really, like, it was one of my favorite lessons when I was at school, actually. Just, like, this, like the relationship between music and storytelling. That you could tell a story, as like, I tell you a story with words. But you could completely just eliminate words and just use different musical instruments. Mm. And use them at different pitch, tempo, uh, and, 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 like, add different variables to it actually sounds like, oh yeah, like a trombone was a bear, like that was the bear, right? And the mm. clarinet was like the dainty princess. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, like I don't know. Like I, I'm just I'm 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 talking to the top of my head, mm. but that was really cool. I mean, we did a bit of ballet. Um, that was interesting. Just add some dramatic arts. So I dabbled a bit in that. When I was hanging up, but then obviously you know this. I decided to focus on the business side of things yeah. and moved on to business. So the reason why I mentioned that 
the reason why I'm saying that is because my 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 business background makes me a stronger creative. Yeah. Because I I understand business, I understand economy, I understand commerce and 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 you know the commercial world of things. Okay. And, and mm-hmm. even if I don't understand it, I I am very cognizant and aware of the fact that it exists. Mm-hmm. I just need to go find it and then understand it. Mm-hmm. Case in point with music. When I got into the game, I had a very different understanding of how music works and how people make money versus what I what versus what actually is the truth, yeah. which is what I know now. Keep but I had to learn that. Yeah. But I knew that there's a business there. I just had to go and learn it. So the thing I think a lot of creatives miss, uh, from my perspective once again, is the business of whatever it is they they create. What like how do you make money over of this thing? How do you how do you commercialize it? Uh, like you'll hear a lot of the times people talk about monetizing mm. your, your your channel or whatever. So I think that's the new trending term. How do you monetize it? Yeah. Uh, you know, um, and so and so I think so. I would actually say that one thing that's missing right now from schools is the monetization, or not even maybe the monetization, because that sounds greedy, but the commercialization of the creative art. You know, as as an independent artist, um, mm. how how do you make money from this thing? Yeah, you know, like what does the business of of the arts look like? Um, you know, like if you're going to be, for example, if you're going to be a visual artist and you want to, you know, get, um, you know, into a gallery and do your own art show, do you understand the percentages that go, that, that people are going to be taking from your chunks when people start buying your, your artwork and that you're not actually getting a hundred percent of what people are actually buying. That little thing that was displayed on the wall at the art show, someone buys that, the, the artist doesn't get a hundred percent of that. There's so many people who, in that supply chain, need to take their chance. So the amount of paintings that artist needs to sell just to sustain himself for that month is far more than just the one that you would think that that you know um, that you as the public would think. Mm. The, the point I'm trying to make is I think that's one thing that's missing um, in, in in art education right now. Like the commercial side of it, like the business side of it. How how do these you know corporations that are in the arts, you know, these record labels, okay. uh, production companies, how do they actually make money? Uh, and when and when they hire you, how do they use you? Okay, okay, makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, I got one more. Let me just. Okay. Uh, you had said something about regulation or policy, government. Yeah, well, so not necessarily regulations or policies, but um, what I was saying is um, on, a, on a government or on a business lobby group level, um, but also on an industry level, because we see the artists right now are suffering because they can't gig, right? Um, and obviously you have your own thoughts on what kind of relief you would like artists to have. Um, what do they need to invest their talents in, that kind of thing. So what would you like to see um, on an intervention level to support artists, not only now, but um, just going forward in the long term? My like, municipalities have to support, uh, like all the money that the municipality has, that is not, no longer being able to be spent because of lockdown regulation. Whether mm. it's for advertising, it's for events, it's for conferences, uh, edu- like whatever it is, 
where is that money and why can't that money be repurposed to support uh, small businesses uh, in, 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 in those communities and the artists in those communities? So I found that interesting. Hmm. Um, so, <laughs> wow, man, what should, what can the, what can governments be doing? Um, I don't know, man. I, I think, so I, 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 so here's one thing that I'll say. I think we need to, I think the government needs to stimulate the culture, a stronger culture of supporting local art and supporting local talent. I still think that's something that as South Africans were, or like as a, as a South African creative market, uh, we're still quite lagging behind on. Mm. We don't support local, we don't support local talent enough, like not as, 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 as we should. Mm. Um, we don't, we don't export local talent enough. Mm. Um, you know, and I mean, that's not to say that we're not, that things are not happening, that, you know, people aren't going to festivals and, you know, premiering at, at music festivals or, 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 or film festivals internationally. I'm just saying we could be doing a lot more. Mm. Uh, I mean, look at Nollywood. I mean, look at Nollywood, for example. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, if you look at Nigerian culture, for example, like Nigerians have a very, very strong culture of supporting local talent and local artists and, and local production. Um, so I would say that's a place that we need to start. We need to be supporting and we also need to pay for that. I, I honestly, and this is a debate that I'm having, you know, in my circle. Because on the one end, I'm a creative, I'm an artist, so I see other artists, I see the reality of of you know, being a creative and being an artist. On the other hand, I'm an entrepreneur, so I also see the business side of things. Why sometimes you find, uh, you know, you know, people pushing back on on, on the price tag of of you know hiring uh, uh, artists and, and paying them mm-hmm. uh, their fee. So I see I'm on both sides of the sky of the discussion, both perspectives. But mm-hmm. I always say to my team to pay. We, let, Probably need to pay them what they're worth, you know. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so I mean, I mean, this is a tricky one. I don't have, like I said, I don't have a perfect answer. Um, I do believe that in the current situation, uh, that the government needs to bite the bullet and just support artists. Like you, you, you need to find the money and support artists. Mm. You know, um, the way that the way that you've been able to find the money and support. Are the unemployed and give them their and yeah. yeah, and whatnot. Yeah, like you find the money. You know, one thing that I, one thing that all of this has proven is that so the money does exist. Because mm-hmm. from nowhere we're mm-hmm. talking about eight hundred billion. Mm-hmm. Two months ago there was no money to do anything. Now we have eight hundred billion. You're telling us now you have eight hundred billion. Uh, ah, guys. So so you actually do so so you can actually find the money if you want to find the money. That's one mm-hmm. thing I realized. You know, you can actually give people money if you want to give them money. So I would say, just give them the money. Uh, don't make, just make it a grant. Don't make it a loan. Don't make it a, oh, you know, if you do this, then you get, no. Uh, yeah. Just give yeah. them all gig artists the money. Because that money needs to sustain them. Mm. And you must understand that, I think the first thing about what's going on right now to people's livelihood um, is that this is through no fault of their own. Mm. This is, like nobody has done anything wrong. It's not like people have gone and trashed the economy. Um, mm. People have absconded. Like 
these people have done nothing wrong and they're now facing complete ruin and destitution um you know and so if 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 the government is saying that the way to address this issue called covid-19 is to lock people down and restrict people's um you know uh, 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 chances and, and ways of making livelihood making their livelihood then okay fine we'll accept that but then you have to step up and create mm-hmm. ways and, and then give people their livelihood you're saying that because what you're saying is no you cannot work for your money that's what the government is saying to people they think no do the thing over there who wants to earn their money and wake up in the morning and work 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 and then sleep wake up tomorrow work work you over there the person who's not trying to steal anybody else's money just trying to earn your own honestly you cannot do it so if that's what you're saying to people then give them the money exactly there we go like, you know what i mean once again we, we can't be in a place where the where where the op, where, where something and its opposite are equally true mm. And now the and that's what the government wants. The government wants to have its cake and eat it. It's not possible. It, it, it can't happen. Mm. It doesn't mm. work that way. Mm. No, comrade, thank you. So, thank you. so that's what I would say. That's what I would say. <laughs> and I, I know your your minutes are running out. I'm very, I'm very passionate about this COVID nineteen. Very usually. No, but look, I just from my side. I'm very, you know, I'm very passionate about this COVID nineteen thing. Anyway, now we're passionate about life, I believe, actually, you know, and just living. <laughs> Now, nah, but just to reiterate, I just want to say, like, thank you, you know, um, it's not all the time that we get opportunities like this, and it's not all the time that we get to interact with people regarding their thought process um, behind the work that they do. So, you know, I'm just wishing you all the best. Um, please, where do we find you, by the way, on the socials and such? Handles. Um... Yes, so everywhere you check me out, I'm on Malele. So you go onto Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Mo Malele. Yeah. Just check me out. I'm on there. I've also got a website, got my own website, momalele.com. Mm. Um, and my album is available on all online music streaming platforms. So wherever you stream your music, you can find my album there. It's it's everywhere. Zanga, zanga, zanga. on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. <laughs> on a, on a, on a story, or head it's on mm. there as well. <laughs> okay. Mm, mm, um, so yeah, man. So check this out. Thank you. Now, got you. Got you. Got you. I know. This is a, this yeah. is a future star right here. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I've actually really enjoyed myself. Um, as you can see, I mean, I could talk all day. That we could probably like keep going. If, if you know. Nah, it's all good. It's all good. Um, this is a gift for the people. There weren't other things to do in life, so, so thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. I've had a lot of fun. Thank you. Now, me too. Me too. Now, enjoy the life. Um, we will catch up. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Remember to comment if you've got anything to contribute. Share the material. Um, and of course, anything that you have to say, anything that you want to contribute, please feel free to come forward. Okay? Get others to subscribe, and I appreciate all the support. See you next time, and we will offcast. <laughs>